Rivers. Welcome back to Rev Dive. Kim and I took a hiatus on this bad boy, didn't we, Kim? <laughs> we really did. <laughs> it has been so challenging with all of like the changing regulations that are going on in the industry, all of the, the staffing challenges, tech challenges, rev cycle challenges, which obviously is, is why we have the podcast. And never mind that we are actual human beings with, with families to take care of, right? And we have personal stuff that happens. And so we are super happy to be back on the air and, and talking to all of our lovely rev divers again. Yeah, it's it's really great to be back. You know, um, I actually made some changes and one of my dear friends and uh, a private chef in New York, he said, you know, Kim, I, I love, you know, your work ethic and you're such a professional person, but your office looks like you're a 12 year old boy. You have all this stuff, <laughs> <laughs> you know, personal stuff. And I, you know, I said, you know, well, I like to, I, I like to feel, you know, I like to be myself when I'm working. And, um, but I did, I did do a little rearrangement. I still have R2D2 in the background, um, you know, to give my little personality, but yeah, you know, I think over the past few months, just trying to keep up with what's going on in the industry and helping folks out, you still want to make sure that you're comfy in your own skin and in your own environment. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) First of all, I, I adore this for you. I love this for you. It is very your style, just knowing who you are. It, this is yeah. very much your vibe that I'm getting just in general from, from what you have shown here. I know that you're a gigantic Star Wars nerd. Um, I am just a huge nerd in general, and I have absolutely no desire for my office to ever not reflect that. So it's so funny to me because we actually have the same sign, be a voice, not an echo, but it's totally different. Shut so- up. I'd never realized that. So this was actually on another wall. Shut up. I know. I never realized that either. So but you know funny. what? Like, I have I have a troll doll. I have um, some of my video game memorabilia in here with the MBA and my, some of my favorite healthcare books. I also have toys from my toddler in here. And I think that it's just so reflective of who we are that you are like in a knit sweater with a collar and I'm in a hoodie right? That's very much our personalities. And and it's funny because it's something we don't often show when we're not speaking in person, but something that we intend to bring more to Rev Dive so, so you guys can get to know us a little better. And the crazy stuff that we're we're dealing with day to day, I think the the number of calls we're getting on a daily basis yeah. oh, have just super, super ramped. And Kim, you got a crazy one um, this morning that it's not a crazy call, but it's crazy how many people are telling us the same thing. Yeah, yeah. so this actually started last night. Uh, we're working with a physician who is just really struggling with staffing. And part of the struggle is just making sure that workflows and efficiencies um, match the needs of their particular practice. And having another discussion this morning with the practice manager, she has a ton of resumes for, you know, medical receptionists, and she just can't find anyone that fits her needs. And, you know, part of my suggestion is to think outside of the box when you're recruiting, right? So 
For example, in a specialist practice, um, we need to have someone who has triage experience. And mm-hmm. I, I know for me, when I started out my my uh, career in healthcare, the first thing I did was answer phones. And let me tell you, answering you learn a lot that way. Oh my gosh! As a at, in a cardiologist's office and seeing the medical records that were handwritten and it said SOB, I'm like, doctor, how how you really did look like that patient? <laughs> <laughs> you will learn but, a lot that way for sure. <laughs> you really do, right? But it, but it also kind of speaks to the fact that you know we want to think outside of the box with recruiting, and there might be folks who have background that may not typically be the type of background that we would consider for a certain position. But Very true. those right those skills provide an opportunity in another department. So for you know for for this. Uh, conversation that we were having, there were some medical, uh, some medical billers who had applied for other positions. And I was like, okay, well, you're short staffed in your billing office, right? You need right now you're hiring for a medical receptionist. How about looking at the medical biller position, uh, the medical biller uh, resumes and seeing whether or not an individual is interested in having an opportunity at the front desk. Now, obviously, we don't want it to appear to be like a step down, right? But I feel like there are opportunities that we can create within our organizations that allow us to leverage skills from different departments in the departments that we really are struggling in. I absolutely agree. And I think it it also lends to um, understanding sort of the the culture of your organization and the individuals that you're hiring and how well they will fit into that culture of your organization. So if you have a bunch of resumes and that position gets filled and you reach out to folks and say, hey, this position actually got filled, but we really enjoyed meeting with you. We'd still like you to be a part of our team. We'd love for you to apply for this position. If you have folks that are like, you know what? Yeah, I'll apply for that position. That, what that tells me is that you're really interested in coming to work with us at our facility, regardless of, of how you come to us, you're really interested in that. So it also gives you an opportunity to learn a little bit more about the individuals you're hiring and how flexible you know they are in terms of what they're doing. Are they a team player, right? Kind of a thing. Yeah. And you know what? That brings me to our skills gap um, discussions. You know, I know that you and I have been really kind of putting a lot of effort into developing skills gap assessments and skills skill gap solutions. And we're going to be speaking about that in an upcoming conference with MGMA, um, but really thinking about where are the gaps in either skills or opportunities or resources in your organization so that you can find ways to fill those gaps with resources, with additional training and education, with additional processes, with the use of technology. Um, So I think kind of prioritizing skills gaps assessments in 2023 are really gonna help our organizations um, really meet some of the needs and fill some of those gaps. I absolutely agree. And I think when you are in the leadership position, it's it's your responsibility to do those skills gap assessments. And I say that as a leader, right? I'm trying to regularly with my staff, make sure that I'm understanding, okay, what skills do you have and where do you need extra support for me? It goes all the way back to that, you know, you don't know what you don't know kind of a mantra. 
but so many things in healthcare that, you know, saying, oh, well, I didn't know that is not an excuse. They do not care. Um, when you look at like certain oversight bodies and regulatory bodies, you know, under HHS and like OIG and CMS and all of those, if you're not adhering to certain regulations because you didn't know it, you know, quote unquote, that's not an excuse. So for me as a supervisor and a leader, I need to understand what my team does not know and get them educated on what they don't know, because not knowing it is not an excuse, but they may not have the experience that I have to recognize that that's an area that they even need education in, right? And so that's part of why these skill assessments and skill gap assessments are so incredibly important, especially for revenue cycle management. And, you know, taking that a step further, just thinking about the, the folks who are in leadership, even us, um, there, yes. there are going to be opportunities for us to increase our skills, right? Like some of the uh, research that we've done on certain topics in, uh, you know, the books that we've authored, the articles that we've published, we had to do a little digging to make sure that we really understood certain topics. Um, so we don't know everything, right? And so I think it's important for us as leaders to be okay with that, right? Be yes. okay with not knowing everything, um, but then also kind of taking a step back and saying, okay, where where are my skills gaps? Where are the areas that I want to improve in? Uh, I know like when we're going to get certain certifications and we're taking tests, it's easy to identify those skills gaps, right? And uh, because right. you're not doing too great on certain areas of the, you know, of the of the exam. Um, but it's a good idea for us as leaders to recognize the areas that we need help in um, and prioritize our own professional development. Absolutely agree. And I have, so, you know, Kem and I were both big fans of having mentors and being mentors, right? I, you never stop learning. And I have someone that I'm mentoring right now, a young woman who is extremely promising in the revenue cycle area. She's a very, very intelligent, very skilled. Um, I'm just very proud too of what she's accomplished. She has two things right now she's working on. And one is different communication styles because her background is primarily coding and billing. She's a very blunt, very direct person. And you know how much physicians love that when you come in and say, this is wrong, right? And so we're working on communication styles. But the other thing we're working on touches on exactly what you just said. We can't all know everything and we're not supposed to. And you have to be okay with that. So one of the conversations we recently had, she's having a challenge in a particular area with getting a document completed and into the system. And I said, where are you at with that? And she said, well, I still don't understand their entire workflow in this department. And I said, You're, you don't have to. You need to understand at a high level what's happening in that department. And then you need to meet with their team lead and have a collaborative discussion. Hey, this is the problem that I'm having. I know this is an area that you guys focus in. I don't know, you know, boots to the ground at the desk, what you guys are doing to get through every step of your workflow, but like, can you help me solution for this? And you have to be okay with that conversation. So I love that you brought that up. You have to be okay with not knowing everything. You're not supposed to, right? Yeah. You know, when we talk about, uh, you know, not knowing everything, it's interesting because as healthcare leaders, everyone comes to us with all, yes. the, like all the problems. The physicians come to us with the problems. The staff come to us with the problems. Yeah. The patients and their families come to us with the problems. We're kind of like air traffic control for our facilities, right? 
and the therapist of the office. We are USPS. We are HR. We are we are OSHA. We are the whole kit and caboodle in that position. Absolutely. <laughs> We're also the the tech, the IT. You know, I I'm I am not an IT yes. person, but somehow I have to troubleshoot printers and you name it. Passwords. Terrible. No one should put you in that position. Nobody should have chem troubleshooting anything. Okay. It's not fair with IT. But it's, <laughs> you know, but but when you think about that, there's also a level of credibility as leaders that we need to have, whether we know the answer or not, right? So um being able to have resources that we can go to. And that's a huge component mm-hmm. of a successful healthcare leader is knowing who your resources are, right? So like for coding, AAPC, AHIMA, you know, these are some of the resources that we can go to to get our coding questions answered. Um, when you're thinking about compliance, the OIG, you know, so we have to, I, I think as as healthcare leaders, Although we don't, we can't possibly know everything, we must know where to go. We must know where to go to get the answer. And we need to have that credibility from top down, from physician owners to, uh, you know, executive level to the file clerk and the document management staff and, you know, those individuals who are looking up to us. So making sure that we have a really tight network um, yes. And that we can identify those resources. I completely agree. There's a there's a saying, and we've heard it tons, but you know that jack of all trades, king of none, right? If you know how to do a little bit of something, you haven't achieved mastery in anything. And I think I love um, that's such kind of a negative phrase. And I love to look at it from a different perspective. And really, if you are like the jack of all collaboration, right? You collaborate with everybody in and around your facility and other facilities for in, you know, inspiration. I think that's how you become the master of direction setting for your organization. So I think as opposed to looking at like, hey, if I'm the individual person taking care of all of these tasks, then I can't learn mastery of all of these tasks that's fine. Instead, why don't we just collaborate with people who do have individual mastery? And it's so funny to me that as practice administrators and leaders that we feel this need to understand and have mastery in every single area, because we don't even do that in healthcare. If we didn't do that in healthcare, we wouldn't have all these different specialties. People wouldn't be board certified in these highly specialized areas. So as an industry, we recognize that no one can know everything, but for some reason, we still feel like we have to. I know. And, you know, I think that's part of the, you know, the obstacle that we have to overcome is feeling that we have yeah. to know everything. Um, however, there there are so many resources out there, like you and I, when we're trying to put together, you know, a, a financial yes. control chart. There are so many different organizations that we're going to to get benchmark data, to get KPI data. Uh, And it's important for us to recognize where those where those resources are, but then also sharing them. Right. So, you know, part of the part of the interesting, you know, thought of being a leader is you do want to be that go to person, but you also want to build people up. Right. Because in my opinion, I'm not doing my team any justice if I'm the smartest person in the room and if I'm the only person that knows how to get the answer. That's not 
a great leader. And, and I'm sorry, you know, to 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 say that. And and it, it's my I opinion. Totally agree. I agree. Yeah. Right. I mean, so if if you are trying to um, you know, kind of conserve and secure your position by hogging and holding all of the information, you're stifling your organization. And the yeah. the successful leaders share information. I learned something, the entire team's going to know about it. I do not want to be the only person because we're take, I'm taking that information from a strategic perspective. My biller is taking that information from a revenue cycle perspective. My compliance person is taking it from a regulatory perspective. They're protecting us. So when we share that information, it allows each person to use that information based on the role that they play in our organizations. Well, and so many times you and I both go into facilities where, you know, that information is not being shared, right? And the individuals who are who are working on prior off don't have an access to the full list of, of NPIs and like just weird situations. And, and the question is always the same. What, what is the problem with sharing this information? Why are you so hesitant to share it with your staff? What is it that you think that they're going to do with this information? Because when you start that, that culture of like cloak and dagger information, you start to create a culture of secrecy in your own organization. You know, and why is that occurring? That's not what we want. We want transparency. We want to be working fluidly together. You know, we want those nice, clean, visible, well-communicated handoffs, whether it's in clinical care or administrative work. So why why would we have anything be super cloak and deck? Now, if it's Christmas bonuses, holiday bonuses, fine, keep that secret, right? But there's no reason that your billing manager shouldn't have access to the fee schedules that are listed in your payer contract. And we've seen that as well. So just, you know, sharing that information, passing that knowledge forward and documenting it, you know, God forbid something happened to any of us leaders who haven't been passing that knowledge on. It happens often. A couple of years ago, I was working with a facility. They had the same administrator. She'd been there for 30 years. She passed away unexpectedly, almost 30 years, like 27. She passed away unexpectedly and they were in a complete lurch. They found a great new hire. They brought her into the role. She had no idea where anything was. You have to pass that knowledge on. And if there's nobody to pass it on to, you have to document it somewhere or everything you've been doing is is for naught, right? Yeah. You didn't document it. You didn't do it. That's right. That's what we say in coding. Um, you know, so this has been an interesting conversation and I kind of feel like yeah. this is a precursor to what we're going to uh, be able to provide in 2023 on, on Rev Dive podcast. We have a ton of really valuable resources and industry experts that we like to share. And that's one of the reasons why we created this podcast is because we want to share as much information as possible with with you guys, with with Rev Divers. And it's really such a pleasure and an honor for us to be able to connect with you guys on, you know, this level of, you know, information sharing and motivation and building up each other. And we really look forward to the things that we're going to be sharing with you in 2023. Absolutely. So continue to send us your questions. We love to answer them um, live on the podcast. And continue to say hi to us when we see you places. We saw a lot at the last conference we were at. We saw a lot of people who were like, I'm a rev diver. We love that. So please, please continue to do that. That makes us so happy. Yes. And, you know, we're on social media. We're on LinkedIn. 
uh, Twitter, Facebook. So uh, stay tuned. We're going to have a lot of really fun and informational and inspirational guests this year. So until we meet again, Rev Divers, keep diving into those Rev Cycles. <laughs>